Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Good morning, this is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the uh, 13th day of December 2019. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the book of John, chapter 10, but before we do, let's go to prayer. Father, we ask you, Lord, to anoint your word. You said it won't come back void, but it'll do that what you sent it to do. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that it minister to the people today. You see every need, every situation, every circumstance. Lord, you said you sent your word and you healed us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <clears throat> John chapter 10, talking about Jesus the Good Shepherd. A lot of you are probably familiar with this particular chapter. Actually, Jesus the only shepherd. The only shepherd. Um, that loves the sheep. We're going to talk about that today. So, but before we do, I want to uh, I want to go to Psalms chapter twenty-three and go over a very very familiar psalm, probably one of one, one of the psalms, if not the first psalm that a lot of you ever heard. It's the great Psalms twenty-three. David, who, by the way, was a shepherd himself, talks about the Lord being his shepherd. Uh, there's a lot to being a shepherd. He's just not going out with a staff in the middle of a field and sitting there watching sheep. Um, a true shepherd loves his sheep, cares about his sheep, uh, we're going to make reference to Jesus said who leave the 99 to go get the one. Uh, he's going to make a, a, uh, uh, a comparison between the good shepherd and the hireling. Those that are simply being a shepherd as a vocation, not really loving the sheep. Uh, the Bible says, woe unto the pastors that scatter the sheep. We are considered sheep, and Jesus is our good shepherd. If you study or know anything about sheep at all, they're a docile uh, animal. Uh, they are uh, they are very easily led astray, and they're weak. That's us. That's us in a nutshell. Uh, the Bible says, "When a man think of himself to be something, then the word of God." Declares that he is nothing. So Jesus is the good shepherd, but we're going to talk. We're going to go to Psalms 23, and we're going to break that down here this morning. So this is a psalm of David, and he says, of course, in the first, the very first verse, "The Lord is my shepherd," or a word there translated as "king." I shall not want. Shepherd means king and also means as a friend. 
the Bible declares that Jesus Christ is one that sticks closer to us than a brother. Um, and he's also he's also presented, which is the Lord as 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 the great shepherd of his people. Uh, for he was raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of death. So in other words, he has all authority and all power and all right to lead us and guide us. And he should be our supreme shepherd. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, Now the God of peace that brought again from, from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Here we go. The God of peace that brought again from the dead, who? Our Lord Jesus. And the word of God, the Holy Spirit refers to him as the great shepherd of the sheep. Actually, the only shepherd of the sheep. Now listen, through the blood, how is he the shepherd? Through the blood of his everlasting covenant. He cut covenant at the cross. No longer do men and mankind have to slaughter their farm animals. The Bible declares that the blood of bulls and goats by no means took away sin anyhow. That only through the blood of Jesus Christ is sin taken away. That the answer today is the power that's in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Revelation says, and they overcame him, talk about Satan, by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The Lord is my shepherd, my keeper, my friend, my guide, the one that I trust. It says, I shall not want. That word want there means to lack by implication, to, to, to fail, to lessen, to be abated, bereaved, decreased, to make lower. In other words, he meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And we equate that so many times to financial blessings, which he does meet those needs, of course. I would you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. But <clears throat> the spiritual, the spiritual part of our lives that he takes care of. We are born again, born of the spirit, born from a Above, <clears throat> no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So the good shepherd takes care of his sheep and goes the ultimate, goes the ultimate mile, walks the extra mile, <clears throat> pardon me, that he might take care of his sheep. And like I said, David being a shepherd understood and understands the uh, theme of the Good Shepherd. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 9, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Nothing goes undone. He is, we are complete in him. Paul said, it's not me that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Not, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, 
saith the Lord. So the question today, I guess we could ask is, uh, who or what is shepherding you? Who has control of your life? Now, a lot of people say, well, I'm just a free spirit. No, you're not. No, sorry. You are motivated. You are influenced by something every day of your life. There's no such thing as being neutral in the spirit. And the Bible points out that there's only one or two ways you can go. The way of the Lord, which of course is the right way, or the way of the world, or the way of the God of this world. The Bible plainly states that Satan is the God of this world for a time. And for a season, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And if you live in this world, you don't live in a cave, and you know that the devices of this world, <clears throat> the implements of this age, pull at you. And pull at, pull at all of us, Christians, non-Christians, it doesn't matter. We're all in this, uh, uh, this I guess I could use the word, gravity of the world. It pulls wants to knock us off our appointed path. That's why it's so important that we allow the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us into all of the truth that's in Jesus Christ. You see? He's the good shepherd. He's the only shepherd. He's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. And no man comes into the Father except it be through him. Psalms chapter 23, verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Now, we can either follow him or we can follow other things. We cannot follow both. For a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The prophet said, how long will you be halted between two opinions? He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. That word pasture means a, uh, a, a, a home. A place of comfort, a place, a pleasant place, a habitation, a familiar place. The Bible declares in this world we are strangers and sojourners. We should not really feel at home. The song says, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Our home and our place where we abide is in Jesus Christ. He says, abide in him and he will abide in us. So he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That word green there, of course, means uh, not dead. That means uh, plentiful grass, bountiful grass. Boy's been made not only to um, to lie down in this green grass of comfort, but also to feed upon. The Bible declares, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The the Word of God talks about Jesus when he fed the 5,000. He said, tell them to sit down in the green grass. This is the shepherd guiding the sheep. We need guidance. For the Holy Ghost shall lead us and guide us into all the truth and all the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
He leadeth me. That word to leadeth means to 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 run with a sparkle, with with a definite sureness of where you're putting your foot. For the Bible says, He shall order the footsteps of a righteous man. One that's accepted Christ is ordered of the Lord. The word shall be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. I might be might be the other way around, I'm not sure, but anyhow, he'll guide us through his light. He leadeth. Where does he lead us? Besides still waters. He leadeth me besides still waters. Mm. That word there, still waters, means a place of peace, a place of comfort, a place of, of being consoled. And it could even mean matrimony. For we are married to him. The Bible points out that we are his bride and he is our groom. It gives the parable of the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. The five wise kept the oil in their lamps, kept their wicks trimmed and lit, and when the bridegroom cometh, they were ready. The foolish were out running around looking for oil, and the bridegroom came, and they weren't ready. Search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. The Bible says, for the hour that you think not, the bridegroom cometh. In the twinkling of an eye, the word of God says. Okay, Psalms 23, verse 3. He restoreth, I like this, my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, um, those of you that might... <laughs> Know how to take care of sheep. I was raised around them when really a sheep a, a sheep herder per se had we had a few on the farm when I was raised and um, it's a common fact that uh, those that have big flocks and things of this nature when a sheep uh, skins their forehead okay by by grazing now sheep will eat grass down to to the nub I mean it's just nothing left. That's why there's a lot of problem between sheep herders and cow herders back in the day. So the shepherd, once the sheep would skin his head on the ground from trying to forage for food, he would pour oil over the wounds to to bring healing. See, the Holy Ghost is also a healer, a leader, a guider, a teacher. And... At times, the lamb would leave an appointed path. And every time the lamb would leave, then the shepherd would go retrieve. But then it's written that, that uh, in, in all the books and things of this nature, that if the lamb would leave too many times, and most of the time the lamb would get itself in a fix, or the sheep would get itself in a fix where it couldn't get out of. Okay, Sound, sound familiar for our lives? A, a place of a rocky uh, 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 foundation, crevices, whatever it might be. And the shepherd would take his staff and break the leg of the, the, one of the legs of the, of the lamb and then carefully set the leg back and then put the lamb 
on his shoulder and carried away until this wound is healed. This is a type of chastisement for those who God loves. He chastises. Hebrews 12, verse 5 through 11. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, wherefore are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, verse 9, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and, and live? For they verily for a few days chastens us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, after it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Now, this this points out the total need for us to be chastised as times in our life. The type of that is that uh, the shepherd taking and breaking the little lamb's leg and setting it up and letting it heal. In other words, teaching it a lesson. But yet in the process, healing the wound that was caused by their disobedience. Placing in the mind of the lamb, you know, that wasn't a good thing to do. I'm probably not going to do that again. I really don't like my leg being broken. Learning through chastisement. And God teaches us through chastisement. For those that he loves, he chastises. Yea, though I walk through the valley I'm sorry. Verse four, I'm sorry. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they do comfort me. Now, the valley of the shadow of death, shadow, that's a key word there, I will fear no evil. Now, the Bible declares that man's days are short and full of trouble. You know, get around that. We are born in, into a, a uh, um, fallen world. All of us were born with a sin nature. The Bible declares we were all conceived in sin. And the only antidote for that sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. He's accepting him and being born again. So the valley of the shadow of death is a type of the powers of darkness, which at times constitute attacks of the enemy. For in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer if I will overcome the world. The Bible declares that uh, that life sometimes is going to get hard. For in the last days, the Bible declares, shall be peerless times. 
In other words, fierce times, hard times, rough times, times full of pressure on your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit. Times when you don't know what to do. Times you feel back in a corner. This is the valley of the shadow of death. When you, you, uh, when life doesn't really have a reason or a rhyme, and certainly doesn't make any sense. But the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion, but the author and the finisher of our faith through Jesus Christ. He said, "Thy rod." Now. One of the first men we talk about having a staff or a rod, of course, is who? Moses. Abraham also had one. All the patriarchs had one. But Moses' staff was uh, anointed. You know what happened when he would use the staff that God put the power of God in. But but the rod is simply a stick. It could be for, for punishing, for writing, for fighting, for ruling, for walking. It could indicate a clan or a group of kindred. It can be for correction. It's called also a scepter for the, for the scepter of Judah, for the tribe of Jew will not depart from Jesus Christ. And also, also can mean a tribe. But it's, it's, it's an indication. It's, it's a multi-purpose tool, so to speak. And of course, in a shepherd, that's to control the sheep, help the sheep. Thy rod and thy staff, that word staff means to sustain, to keep. For that which I've committed unto him is able to keep against that day. I am persuaded that which I've committed unto him, he's able to keep against that day. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That word comfort there means to breathe strongly. To breathe strong, to have breath, to have hope. Isaiah 43, 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So the ideal positioning of the sheep or the lamb is to allow the shepherd to fight the good fight for him. And we are are fighting, we should be fighting the good fight of faith, our belief in the good shepherd. First Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Psalms 23, 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. So I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It regards how bad it gets that God will minister to you right in the middle of that situation. He'll not leave you. He'll not... You'll not pack each bag and leave the way you're on your own. No, no, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll even go as far as to as to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And the enemies can be all around, but they cannot touch that which has been prepared of God. 
with the prepared table that God provides for his people. He said, I anoint, he anoints my head with oil. This is a type of the Holy Spirit, which is around and about us and in us and leads us and guides us into all truth and all righteousness. He says, in the presence of mine enemies, that word enemy there means one that will cramp, besiege, bind, narrow, press, make it, make, make, make a lot of trouble, vex, distress, just trouble. Trouble is caused by enemies. They have no regard for you, no love for you. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he can destroy and seeking whom he can devour. Anointest my head with oil. That means to be fat or to fatten up, to anoint, uh, to wax fat. In other words, be prosperous through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And just not not money-wise, monetarily, but that we prosper even as your soul prospers. That's the most important thing, to prosper as our soul. The Bible says, search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. If my cup runneth over, of course, that means abundance. Press down, shaken together. Okay, verse 6. Let's read, let's read Psalm 16:5. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. That which I've committed unto him is able to keep against that day. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, nor shall you be moved. Neither shall one hair on your head be harmed. That when you go in, I just read to you, and the waters won't overcome you. But even in the greatest of trials, that he will not leave us nor forsake us. When we don't know what to do, the Bible says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Okay, verse 6. The last verse of Psalm 23. Surely, it's going to be, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. Surely. Goodness. The word goodness there means green pasture, still waters, mercy, grace. And that which retrieves us when we leave the path that he has prescribed for us. Psalms 27, verse 4 and 6. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I have made dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. I like that. I'll read that again. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up on a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. We'll stop there for today. Kind of kind of, kind of like that simmer of your spirit. Read this and study these, these six verses. They'll help you. Next time we'll go to John 10 and talk about the Good Shepherd the true shepherd, the shepherd of shepherds, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
if you're in a hard place today, if you feel like you're backed up against a wall or a cave or a, 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 a rocky slide or whatever it might be, the good shepherd wants to come and help you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God Almighty raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Repent, make a conscious decision to turn and go in another direction. By his stripes you're healed, and he was chastised for your peace of mind and bruised for your iniquity. He paid the total price on Calvary. Everything that you need was purchased at Calvary. It all runs through the cross. That's the only way that there is. There's no other way to God, no other way to be saved. You can practice religion all you want to, and the keys practice. But if you want true, true salvation, you must call. Upon the name of Jesus Christ. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you're going to do. We ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would touch, heal, save, and deliver. You need to see every situation, every circumstance, and your word will not come back void, but will do what you sent it to do. And we ask you, Lord, that you touch the minds and hearts of the people, God. Bring deliverance. Bring salvation. Break horrible bondages and break chains off people's lives today. Bring deliverance, Lord, to your people. You said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, save that one today that's, Lord, uh, Lord, is seeking for something that has no peace, that their mind is so, Lord, is so, is so oppressed. Only you can break. You said, Lord, you give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We thank you for these things today. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless. Till next time.